What's up, everybody? This is Juan Contreras uh, with the Broken Barstool Podcast. This is episode four. Thank you guys for coming back uh, today. Uh, as always, I have my my right hand man, Orlando Venegas. Welcome back, everybody. And today, our two guests are uh, close friends of uh, of ours. We made a made an acquaintance today uh, with with one of them and one of our other. Other pals here has been around a couple times, but uh, first and foremost, right here in front of me is Carlos. How are you, man? Doing good. Hello. All right. <laughs> that was that. that there's that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get awkward. No, and then uh, to my right here is Hector G. How are you, bro? Doing good, man. How are you? Uh, should I just say this right off the bat? Put your phones on fucking silent. Please. I need to get the money. <laughs> God, this is amateur hour. Oh, popular over here. Yeah, dude. He's just getting notifications and all the money he's making. For real. Yeah, Rockefeller with that watch, dude. Dude, it's actually a rental. <laughs> it's, a, it's actually it's a, a rental. It's a, rental. <laughs> it's a lease. That's no, awesome. uh, we actually have a pretty special episode here with these guys. Uh, um, everyone here is uh, is Latin American in, in some sort of way. Uh, or what? What are, what are the kids calling it nowadays? The Latin Latinx. Latinx. Or, oh, yeah. Fucking Latinx. Latinx. Shit. Yeah. Latinx. Latinx. Yeah. That's is that even like in the dictionary now, or is there, are they still fighting for that? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's ridiculous. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, we have a, a lot of uh, interesting stories to cover, and um, I'm just gonna gonna knock this one out of the park. As always, being the broken bar still, we have some adult beverages on hand. And since we are going to piggyback off of uh, last episode, episode three, uh, we're going with a lemon ginger Hefeweizen from none other than McCall Brewing Company. And uh, we're going to give her a taste real quick. Fucking love that sound. I know, man. It sounds so good on mic, too. It's crazy. ASMR right there. Yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> look it up in the look it up. Yeah, dude. Uncultured stuff. Ooh. Whoa. I kinda like that. Oh, I see some nodding faces and some non agreeing faces. I like that. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. Alright. Honestly, I think this is pretty good. Um I, yeah. I've I have had this before. Um I I like half of Eisen's. Please watch your foot. Yeah, I know. Um yeah, I like Hefeweizens, and this one does have a very like a uh, very strong citrus note. It, this is um, a little bit more bitter on the on the end, but I mean, if you're a fan of like IPAs or other pale ales and stuff like that, uh, it it you know goes right up your alley. Uh, I'll give it an eight. You give it an eight. I'll give it an eight this time. All right, Carlos, what do you think of this, man? Not a big fan of it. Not a big fan. Not a big fan. I, but it's still pretty good from all the beers I've had. Give it like a six. A six. Yeah. He doesn't like it, but it's above a five. All right. I think you're lying. Okay. <laughs> Let's be honest. I kind of <laughs> like it, but I kind of don't like it. He's like, I don't like it, but it's an eight. Okay. I'll, I'll, he's, like, he's like, I'll drink one, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Hector, what do you think, man? It's pretty good. I'll give it an eight. I like how it, smooth it goes. Uh, it's pretty smooth. Yeah. Do you guys have uh, very much experience with like craft beers and stuff? Uh, I don't drink very much uh, IPA. I mostly drink more like the beer. Like lagers and... and uh, Pilsners and stuff. Yeah. So that's like your your Bud Lights and your 
uh, Pilsner, fighting the finest Pilsner. What's it? Miller, Miller, Miller. Yeah, those are those. Those taste like water, but you know yeah. they go down pretty good too. I mean, that's that's kind of what everybody like. I mean, they're one of the highest um, bought beers in the country for a reason. You know, they're very mainstream because people like them. Yes, but yeah, it's all because they're very easy to drink and they're light on the on the taste. But I mean, me personally, dude, I I love craft beer. I got into craft beer probably like four years ago, something like that. Did you get it? At a, did you get into it at a party or just just no? To try it? No, actually, uh, it all started with like some friends um, that were like very snooty about beer, and I was like, "These oh, guys gotcha. are gay." <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, get out, you know, get that silver spoon out of your ass over there, you know, paying nine dollars for a freaking six pack. Yeah, right. And now I buy nine dollars six packs. <laughs> we were looking at one well, the other day for for the beer we're gonna use, and we we're looking at like. It was 18, a four eighteen dollar eighteen dollar four pack. What the fuck? Is that gonna go gold or what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, we almost bought it too because it had a really really cool can. I, yeah, I don't <laughs> it was even. Sick. Yeah, and I don't even know if the beer is actually gonna be any good. But yeah, um, uh, like I said, I've had this before, and uh, we've been on a kick uh, with local breweries. I love supporting local businesses and um, just Idaho businesses in general. Um, you know, keep, keep, uh, keep the money local, keep every, everything, keep everything going and, you know, show your, show your support for your state. And, uh, they make great beer. I've been to a lot of different breweries here and, uh, McCall, McCall Brewing Company has been kind of hitting it out of the park and I freaking love it. So you should go to Denver then. Yeah, dude, I, oh. I, I, I want to do uh different, um, craft beer like festivals. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. I saw this thing. It was like, it's been probably a year now, maybe even more than a year, because I was still living in New Mexico, and I was trying to uh, to plan like a little getaway or whatever, a little trip, and meeting up with some of the boys and going to Denver for the, what they call this. Uh, they call it the beer climb. Yep. And oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I it's remember. like it's like a hike. It's a hike, and you climb the side of the mountain and as you're going up. Uh, they have little stands where you drink beer, and uh, it's all these local uh, craft beer brewers that come out, and they have their stands or whatever. Like, you do little exercises, little activities, and then you climb the fucking mountain. And at the top, it's uh, you pay, I think it's like thirty or forty dollars, and that covers your tab. Oh wow! That's yeah, so cool. you have a drink at every at every stop, and at the top you have like I think two or three drinks. So, I think total you probably have eight or nine like full pints. Now, awesome. now the scary thing is coming back down. Yeah, after you had all those fucking beers, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. you just start rolling down the hill. <laughs> yeah. It can't, it can't be that hard if those motherfuckers were able to get full on like stands and shit. <laughs> They're not drinking though. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, I don't know. Sure and where's this? Where's this at? Denver. 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 Yeah. There's a lot of breweries there. Yeah, dude, that's a big, big thing. It's a big scene there. Portland, Seattle, uh, Oregon in general is uh, is like very big on craft breweries. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we see in our stores, uh, as, as far as like craft beer section, uh, there's like, I mean, we just usually go to Albertsons. Shout out to Albertsons. We're not in any way, shape, or form affiliated. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that every time. Please sponsor us. Yeah. Please, please <laughs> sponsor us. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, they have their like little section for all these uh, 
local breweries and uh, local beers and stuff like that. All all kinds of different stuff. But there's like the majority of craft beer comes from like Oregon, Washington, and like some parts of California. I don't think the East Coast is really big on craft beer, or they just don't send their shit out here. I think they're more into, I think more like high end kind of quality stuff over there. Bullshit! I think they're drinking Bud Light and Red Tag. Yeah, <laughs> you could be. Yeah, that's true. But only one way to find out. Yeah, let's go to the road trip. Episode five in New York City. Let's do it. Let's, let's fucking, fucking do it. it. Yeah. Hopefully, we don't get mugged. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, uh, how I mentioned earlier, just uh, um, we're saying that we all come from a uh, uh, Latin-based community, and. Uh, that is something that I kind of wanted to touch base on because a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of stuff does, really goes unsaid, and uh, kind of want to share our stories of uh, of ourselves growing up and our heritage, and uh, that's something that that you know speaks volumes. Just had like hearing hearing these stories from the horse's mouth, if you will. Um, but uh, I mean, just to knock this one out of the park. Um, Orlando is, uh, actually Oaxacan. It's a North American Indian tribe from Mexico. Um, and he, uh, he grew up with that. They actually speak a dialect and, you know, yeah. that's, that's a total different story. I don't know it at all. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard his parents speak it. It's kind of trippy. Really? Yes. Uh, I am also North Oaxacan as well. Uh, they do speak that dialect. I knew, uh, I know, I think like one or two words, but that's about it. But it's a really, uh, I think it's complex, but to them it's like really simplistic. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's fucking weird. Yeah, and actually a, a little uh, little side side note. Um, Hector G here is actually possibly a long lost relative of Orlando. <laughs> somewhere yeah. somewhere <laughs> far far yeah. down the line, if you shake the tree, he's gonna yeah. fall out. Hey, we're 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 from the same uh, little pueblito. Yeah, and from Mexico, so yes. Yeah. Second yeah. cousins. It's I, I don't know how far down the branch Dude, we now, are. Now I think about it, I see our Orlando here, I see another Orlando there, or Hector yeah. here, another Hector there. Who you knows? see two cuties, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if Hector rolls up his sleeve, you see his same tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh and then uh here across from me is is Carlos and this guy is Peruvian as fuck. Yeah, dude. Yeah, like, straight up from the mountain of Machu Picchu and shit. This this guy just barely came down. I know. It was a long hike. Dude. It was a long, <laughs> long hike. Yeah. They didn't have beer in the way. No, yeah, dude. It's like, you make it or die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it came down on the llama's back and shit. Dude, those things are versatile as shit. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, man. So, I mean, and and me, uh, I'm, I'm Mexican. I'm probably well i have to do my 23 and me shit but i'm almost a hundred percent certain that i come from spanish descent or european descent um i mean look at me i'm fucking white and i was born in mexico you you don't usually get it you don't usually get a bean in this complexion unless it's pinto you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i mean all of us come from uh, a little bit different uh culture but all in all, we're kind of the same, and uh, I wanna I wanted to bring these guys on because I want to hear these stories, and I'm sure you, the listener, uh, would love to hear what these guys have to say. I don't know exactly how much of our listening base is is uh, Latino or 
Latinx. Okay, Latinx. But um, don't I don't know. Maybe canceled. maybe you guys have something that that you connect as well, or like some similarities that that we, you can share between these different cultures. But just to get us off uh, off uh, and running, Orlando has a story that I want him to share uh, about a Peruvian dad that yeah. he met. Yeah, so I work in retail. I'm not going to tell you where the fuck I work. But I met my dad. Plot twist. He's his dad. He very well could. But no, no he, he's, he's from a different city. So um, uh, I was just helping out, helping him out with like a ton of shit throughout the entire store. Um, he asked me questions on like several products. Um, and then finally, um, kind of like towards the end of our like interaction, you know, he's he's like pretty much telling me like goodbye. But he's like, oh, wait, one last thing. Do you guys have calculators? And I'm like, yeah, we have some. So I showed him. Um, we only have like the really expensive like graphing ones, I guess. So they're like at least 60, 70 bucks and up. And he grabs like the most expensive one, like $130. And he's like, this, this is a very nice gift for my son. And he said that in Spanish. Okay, <laughs> he doesn't know a lick of English either. And he's like, this would be perfect for my son. He's just graduating high school. And I'm like, whatever no. kid wants. Yeah, I'm like, no, <laughs> this kid does, definitely does not want that. He's got posters uh, of calculators. In his yeah. <laughs> two plus two. <laughs> Everybody else has got like Ferraris and like hot girls and stuff on their walls. He's, and he's got, this he's got the new DX1000 <laughs> calculator for fucking TI. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout out to Texas Instruments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're in no way, shape, or form affiliated. <laughs> Please sponsor us. <laughs> That'd be fucking. <laughs> we could be sponsored by a fucking calculator company. Uh, I mean, obviously Texas, but, is but all like, kinds of shit, but. but like as as I was like thinking about that when he was just saying um, this would be a perfect gift, I'm like, no, there's no way in hell. But I'm like, this guy just from knowing him, right? Just from speaking with him, he works like nonstop. And, and well, that's kind of like normal with our culture. People who come from other other countries and everything, Hispanic they, or Latin American, exactly. They that's their it's just their that's their lifestyle. Just work, work, and work, and work. Um, but that that does come with a cost, though. And uh, you see it plain as day. He obviously doesn't know his son, like one bit. Yeah, I mean, if. Uh when I graduated, when I graduated, I went on a vacation. I went to Mexico. I went to Mazatlan. If I would have graduated and they gave me a calculator, I'd be like, boy, you really don't fucking know me. No. Have, have you seen my math grades? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's why we got you a calculator. <laughs> Get the grades up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, you make a really good point, Orlando. Um, that's something that is, is common across a lot of... Uh, a lot of the Latino Hispanic community is especially um, where we're from is uh, you see majority of, of, uh, of our parents being blue collar workers Oh yeah, who spend a lot of their time working and, and, and really they live their lives to make that paycheck to, to help support their family, move, build their family. But that is, that is fantastic. That is great. Yeah, I'm not saying that's not bad at all or yeah, anything. Yeah. That's that's amazing. That's actually very inspirational. Like I take Absolutely. that. I take that. And I learn from that. But yeah, again, is, like I said, it, it comes instills, at a cost. It instills uh, certain 
certain traits and characteristics in in their children uh, of working hard and, and and earning everything that they get, um, which I think is amazing. I think that's uh, something that a lot of kids and a lot of other people in America don't have is that that work ethic that they don't have any sense of entitlement because they saw that their parents work so hard. So they know that this is, this is the way life works is you have to work fucking hard for everything that you get. But the big like major drawback of that kind of a lifestyle is that even though they are still involved with their kids, they don't really, uh, they don't really build the connection and get to know them. Like, uh, I, like I've seen with a lot of my friends of different, uh, ethnicities and race and just growing up differently is uh I, I like i said i love my parents to death and uh everything they did for me as a youth but if we really get to like brass tacks and get to the nitty-gritty they they don't really know who i am you know what i mean they don't they don't care to to learn about the music that i love or, or the the drive is that, that i'm doing when i told my mom i was doing a podcast she's like what the fuck are you doing that for yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> Like I haven't even I haven't told my dad what I'm doing either because he's just gonna be like, what the hell are you doing? Just wasting your time doing that. I'm like, well, it's, yeah, it's it's creative. It's a creative outlet, but like, they, they just think you know that. you should be, yeah, out there you know yeah. making that oh, dollar yeah. exactly. But yeah, do you guys have a uh, similar similar situations in in your households? Like Carlos, I just want to ask you what, what what what's it like for you? I get a lot of shit of it from my parents. Almost every person in my family is either a doctor or a nurse at this point, and I'm working in retail. So <laughs> I got a lot of shit for that. Like, I went to business school, dropped out, ran out of money, you know, and then it's like, you should go back, you know. Yeah. So I was what, like, yeah. What know. do your parents do for a living, if you mind me asking? My dad. So one thing about my dad, he moved to the United States when he was 16. From Peru. Mm-hmm. And... He was the first one here. He started working since he was 16. Um, probably a mechanic till he was 20. Then he started working for like uh, just dairies, became a breeder up till he's still doing it. So for 45 years now. Holy shit. But one thing for sure, I've n- from the 20 years I've been alive now, I've never seen that man take a day off. He has never taken a personal day. Carlos is actually 21, so this is legal for him to drink. (laughs) (laughs) We want to make that clear. (laughs) We do not serve alcohol to minors. (laughs) No, no. All right, you, Hector, man. uh, What's what's it like in your household? What what do your parents do? Do you think this has affected your relationship with your parents? Uh, Yes, unfortunately. um, I've had something similar happen to me. Uh, I love my parents both. Uh, I love them to death. Uh, but my relationship with my dad isn't necessarily the greatest right now. Uh, well, part of it's also my fault too. But yeah, no, that that's something that goes without saying. That goes without saying is that we're not sitting here uh, complaining and and boohooing about our relationship with our parents, thinking that we are without fault because they raised us and we're some hell raising debauchery causing motherfuckers and. You know, like, like I always tell my mom, I, I, I fucking love you. And I don't, I don't understand how you could raise three hell raising kids and still be sane. So, I mean, it's not entirely their fault. We are some, <laughs> some little dirtbag kids. <laughs> <Fuck> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that is another reason why we love them so much. You know what I'm saying? But sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, you're good. Go you're ahead. Good. 
but uh yeah so like i said i'm not my relationship with my dad isn't the best but my mom it's pretty good so far uh like i said i love her to death also like you said how i don't know how she could raise three kids i'm the youngest uh i have a brother and a sister both older than me by 10 years at least and so sorry it's a little it's a little tough (laughs) go ahead man i mean um i definitely we don't want to push anyone to to, to say anything they don't feel comfortable talking about. Um, but yeah, just take your time and, and whatever whatever you feel comfortable saying uh, is fine. It's yeah. fine by me. Yeah, just like, just like you know, Carlos' situation, I've never seen my dad take a day off. Uh, he moved here uh, when he was 15 years old, actually. He actually moved to California. Same he went with my grandpa because they both got a job there, which they were very fortunate to get because it's not very easy to get to the U.S. Uh, legally. Uh, with all the paperwork, but they were able to at least get a visa and get over there. And then eventually my dad went to Idaho, decided to move there and stay there permanently, and then got my mom and my other two siblings over there as well. And then we just started living. Uh, I see my mom also. I also see my mom not taking a day off. The only time I've ever seen her take a day off is when she's sick, like really, really sick. Same thing with my dad. Yeah, no, um... So, my dad actually, uh, he, he passed away uh, 11 years ago now. Um, but uh, that's something that, that I, I always noticed in, in, in both of my parents specifically, but just to, touching on my dad. Uh, he was the most hardworking man I've ever met. Uh, he worked seven days a week. Um, and then, he, well, Sunday was, was a half day, so... Uh, when he'd come home, it was just yard work, fix, you know, whatever we needed to have fixed and, and you know, help my mom with whatever it was and try to spruce up the house, uh, you know, whatever we could. And my mom also, she worked, uh, she worked two jobs. Um, she was, uh, she was working at a hotel as uh, maintenance and then she was working at a bakery also. So, and, and, you know, that's something that, that kind of, that falls through the cracks is like, once your kids are old enough to kind of run about by themselves, and that's when we really start to like develop a personality and try to figure out who we are as people. Um, our parents are out there, you know, you know, bringing home, bringing home the bacon and, and we're kind of figuring out life, uh, on our own. I did work a lot. I worked a lot as a kid, um. I started off farming when I was like 12 years old. <laughs> my dad would take me out to move hand lines and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we do that on the weekends. And that was that was our, you know, our father-son time, me and my older brother. And sometimes we'd even take my mom and my sister and they would uh, they would ride in the truck while we were out moving hand lines and we'd jump in the bed. And, you know, we'd go to each field and, you know, each, each little section and do our job and hop back in the bed. And then we'd come back and that was like our family time. There was no sitting around the living room or watching a TV show. There was no fishing, camping trips. There was no um, like little recreational times. You know what I'm saying? Like from time to time, maybe a couple times a year, uh, we'd have little parties and get-togethers with like other like relatives and stuff. Yeah. But for the majority of the time, uh, after school, we were alone. <sighs> Excuse me. But uh, that really kind of 
it impacts us in a way that doesn't really pan out until you get older. Because once you get older, you try to have that relationship with your parents that isn't there. So if my dad was still there, I, I don't even know what the hell he would say about me doing a podcast. For real. But uh, he's, I mean, he was always an accepting and loving, happy person. But I don't know what he would say about that. My mom, uh, you know, thank God she's still with us and, you know, out there she still works full time. Yeah. You know, she's uh, turning 56 this year and she still works full time. And uh, she um, she doesn't take a day off for nothing, man. She had like uh, like a like a minor uh, orthodontic surgery. She had a bunch of teeth pulled and she took one day off because she had to t- uh, she had to like ease off the anesthetic and then she came back before they even like set up her next appointment to have uh, the whole reconstruction done she was back at work until they told her you know that you got to come back in yeah she does not take a day off man and it just comes back to like that whole basis of you have to make make money and pay the bills and that's their life man oh yeah yeah that that's also that's exactly how my dad is uh, he also he had surgery on his nose, mm-hmm. surgery on his nose and his tonsils, uh, at the same time. Yeah, he took, he took at least a week off. Next week he went back to work, but he was limited, since the company. Uh, thankfully, the company treats him. The company he works for he treats him really well. They limited him to only work like a certain amount of hours before they let mm-hmm. him go. But even then, he still he still doesn't he doesn't like it because it's like. It's almost like it's wired into them. Like yeah, growing like, up like oh that. Yeah. It, like it what, definitely is. He's like, what? What the fuck am I gonna do at home? Yeah, and they want to be working. Yeah, and then also like you said, how they like even when they're off the work, they do like yard work or do any repairs well, on. Well, my dad owns a farm on the side as well, and so whenever whenever he's not fucking working, he's out on the farm. He's there all day, every Let day. Speak at the top of the mic. He's he's there all day, every day. So he he's taking care of the animals all day. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, something uh, that that I've noticed. So I've I've I'm fairly involved. I were, I'm not extremely involved with Orlando's family, but I I am uh, his little brother's godson. So I, I I do have a relationship with his parents, and that's something that I can vouch for. Is his dad never fucking stops, man? He works crazy hours, and then comes home, and the first thing he does, like I'll say, hey, compadre, how like how are you and shit, and he's like. He's like, can and he's like, can you help me load up this this water tank in the back <laughs> of the truck? He's like, I gotta go, I gotta go, uh, I gotta go fill up the tank at the farm. He's yeah, like, I'm like, all right, let's fucking do it. <laughs> but yeah, like he doesn't stop, and <laughs> it's funny because every time Orlando has to come up here, or or has uh, time off to to come visit or do this podcast, uh, he's always a little late, and I'm like. Dude, what the fuck? And he's like, my dad had me chopping wood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he always nice. has to fucking doing something. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I help him when I can. And yeah. I, I always, I always try to help him when I can. It's funny, man, because it, that's become the more, the more recent task that Orlando's been doing is fucking chopping wood. Like, he, he, yeah, I came home, and they had this big ass, uh, and at Orlando's house, not my house. Uh, he has this big ass tree in the front of his house, and, and it came down. It's like it's leaning. It's it's because of the wind, right? The way the wind blows, it's leaning into the house, and it's like, it's actually it was splitting actually. So it was like at any moment that branch or that tree could have literally just, you know, gone down and hit the house. 
So my dad's just like, we, we got to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, so I went over to Orlando's house, and that tree was gone, but there was a shit ton of firewood. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> Let's go. Dude, you can sell that for a lot now. Yeah, for real. No, we need it. How much, <laughs> how, much, how much can you sell a cord for? I don't know. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's hella expensive. Right yeah, wood's really, really pricey right yeah, now. Yeah, I went to the Lowe's and it's like fucking like ten dollars a little bundle, and it used to be like three dollars a yeah. bundle. Oh yeah. But yeah, man, that's see, that's something. So each of us come from, uh, well, aside from Orlando and Hector, we all come from a little different uh, background as far as we, like, on the Latino Hispanic spectrum. But that's something that across the board is pretty similar. It's like hard work, it, especially back in like in, in like the home countries. Uh, that is the way of life, man. It is rough and tumble, and you have to make it. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and you're strong. You're the man in front of you is as strong as his back, and that is something that goes the distance. Like those motherfuckers. That's pretty much life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the motherland, it's really tough. That's pretty much how my parents grew up. Just. Whatever they eat is what they grow on the field. Yeah, yeah where we're, we're, we're from, um, there's like, it's pretty fucking poor. Like, I'm not going to lie. It, yeah. it, I think just this last decade, I think, we finally got paved roads. Yes. In the, Damn. In, yeah, we got we finally got paved roads. We finally got paved roads, yeah. And keep in mind, like, it's dirt roads, but when it rains, you cannot drive on those dirt roads. You yeah. will no, be you stuck. Yeah, you get fucking stuck. You get stuck. And you can't do anything outside just because the rain is so heavy and yeah. it pours so much that you're just stuck inside and it's pretty frustrating, especially for the farmers or like especially for people who are just trying to survive just for the next day. It's just really hard and sometimes they don't even get to eat because that's, yeah. uh, that's how my grandma was. Like uh, Before my grandpa passed away, she would always tend to the garden. She still does tend to the gar- her garden, but uh, if, whenever it rains, it's, she just... She just get, eats whatever she has and whatever she doesn't have. She just pretty much uh, scavenges or not yeah. not scavenges, but like eats small smaller portions. Yeah, it just makes she makes it work with what she has. Yeah, yeah, I I know I know what you mean. We, you know, I'm not saying that uh, I necessarily grew up to that extent. I didn't grow up with a lot of money, and um, you know, we we ate we ate a lot of beans, we ate a lot of potatoes. Oh fuck yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's, uh, beans and eggs. Yeah, no, I mean. But going to Mexico and to go visit our family and like where my dad was at his little pueblito and uh, his his family, the, like his siblings on like a small portion of, of this uh, property, this, this land. And all of the houses are built on that, on that proper, property. They're all like uh, adobe and brick laid. And then uh, uh, my mom's side, it's it's literally <laughs> her pueblito is like five minutes down the road and it's like it's structured like a small town but there's literally probably only like 60 people 70 people there and it's the same thing it's it's all like brick laid adobe and then uh some people the people that have money (laughs) have like a fence (laughs) <laughs> nice that, that shows your status yeah. in the city yeah, like a fence. yeah have you they seen Maria? they put up a fence fancy <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy because like in over here you don't think a fence is like all that yeah. versus over there it's like it's a big deal i guess i guess it depends on the type of fence like okay so if you see somebody with like an iron bar fence you're like okay yeah. that motherfucker yeah that's money. what i'm saying it's like, a fucking prison what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> No, but I'm not, I'm not trying to like bag on on my, uh, like my heritage from my family in Mexico. I'm, I'm just saying that like, you know, the, the 
the difference of worlds it almost seems like because of right how like i i have i have a house here in meridian that they would kill for and i'm not i I don't mean to to sound like braggadocious or anything it's just i do have a very humble home it is nothing is nothing to brag about is nothing to write home to it's it's really it's it feeds uh, it meets my necessities and it's beautiful because we worked really hard to get it mm-hmm. but it's nothing like you see on like a magazine or a picture it's very small it's humble but it gets the job done but just from what i have and what they have they'd kill for it oh yeah so 100 percent. and yeah i mean they're proud of what they have the same way as i'm proud of what i have but that uh that leads me into um the next point that i wanted to talk about um Actually, no, before we get there, I want to hear Carlos's uh, aspects. I want, I, want, I wanted to hear Carlos chime in. <laughs> like, what part <laughs> do you like? Uh, Tom, well, I mean, all the three of us here, I mean, even though we, we do have uh, some cultural differences, even though we're, we're all from Mexico. Uh, we're from different me, states. and so Different states, but it's a total, it's a culture shock. Oh, yeah. And here we have you, Peruvian. What what is it like in Peru? What is it, what is it like? It might almost be the same. Uh, honestly, no roads, no paved roads. It's just all dirt, gravel. Um, no such thing as hot water or clean water as well. Oh, yeah, really. yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Like no ACs, just sweating your ass off every single day. <laughs> um, if you're lucky enough, concrete houses. Um, other than that, it's pretty much just clay. Uh, all the building structures are literally just like fucking sticks and strings, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you recently, uh, visited a Peru not long ago, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, Orlando kind of gave me a little, a little insider note. You, you went and actually saw Machu Picchu or you... I was close enough. The altitude was too much for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It's not a fun spot if you have any respiratory problems. Yeah. If you have any sort of uh, inabilities. Yeah. Or, uh, In Carlos's case. Yeah. Oh, we'll, yeah. We'll, get to Carlos, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Carlos's case here in a second. <laughs> but, yeah, if, if anything... It's didn't almost it, like a two day. Like, didn't didn't your brother actually get there? Yeah, he did not go. Oh, mm-hmm. he was more in. He wants to finally meet his family. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I did that later ago. So I was like, you know what? Let's fucking let's go Machu Picchu. And I was like, hey, <laughs> you know, that's actually you made a good point, Carlos. Is that uh, a lot of us, especially here, that um, since we, the majority of our youth, uh, we grew up in the states and. Mm-hmm. We really miss out on that that family aspect. It's like yeah. I don't have like hardly any connection with my with my distant relatives, my extended family. Mm. You know, I'll go and visit Mexico. Like if you take me to Mexico tomorrow, I bet you I forgot fifty percent of my cousins' yeah. names. Oh yeah, like first day met maybe a quarter of my family. Yeah. Um, the second time I went, it's like. Shit! What's everyone's names? Oh, <laughs> so I remember you. I don't remember you. You look fucking different. Um, you shit. know what's what's crazy? I mean, at least for me though, 
dude, I'll go and I'll visit. And they open, they, they like receive me with open arms mm-hmm. and all kinds of love. And they, Juan Carlitos, because my middle name is Carlos. So oh, they, ca- they called me Carlitos. You could. <laughs> uh, no, but they, they're like, Carlitos, do you remember me? Do you remember me? And they come and give me hugs and they'll like freaking kiss me and shit. And I'm like, who are you? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. You're just like, like get oh, the well, fuck like, off me, stranger. Like, yeah. yeah like you're and that's like, that's something that, yeah, we we laugh and, you know, we, we try to make humor of. But it's kind of sad, man. It is. <laughs> it's oh, like, yeah. like, no doubt. It, I, w- I kind of wish I knew my family there a little bit better, but like. I I rare I don't go a lot. I've I've only gone twice, so it's yeah. I, it's hard to make connections with people you don't yeah. meet. I haven't even gone at all. I mean, I'm going. I haven't gone to Mexico at all. I've only uh, talked to my grandma through like through the phone, which mm. you know it's, it's nice card. hearing her voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like uh, you also bring up a point with like the extended family. When my uncles came from the from the motherland Mexico to here in Idaho for the first time, you know I was like a little kid. I didn't know any any one of them, so I was yeah. just like, you know, like who are they? Yeah, and my get your fucking hands off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they, they, you know, they were trying to like, you know, hug me, you know, say hi. I just I ran I, I ran behind my mom every time just because I was like, I don't know these people, I'm scared. Yeah. yeah. And so, but now, uh, but they come like every like so every like three years or so, but they still remember me even after those three years, and I'm and I always forget their name. I'm like, oh crap, I yeah. forgot your name. But they're really they're really cool. But it's it's also sad just because like. Like wow, you don't like you know, like you don't know like that other side, you know that yeah. other side of your family. Yeah, they're, they're family. You're supposed yeah. to know, yeah. but yeah. you don't. That's yeah. That's that's it's sad, but I mean, dude, they, I don't have the relationship that like, uh, say like some of my friends have with their extended families. They're like, oh yeah, we're going over to cousin Chad's house and or blah blah blah. You know, or we're gonna have dinner at at uh uncle whatever. You know, and I'm like, well, uh. Maybe some yeah, maybe in a couple years uh, or something, but that's uh, that actually reminds me of something is uh we would go in very spread out years, so uh, I went to Mexico for the first time since I was born there uh, when I was like I want to say ten, and they knew me. And I was like, who's this old-ass fucking lady grabbing me? <laughs> and uh, it wasn't my grandparents because my grandparents had passed before uh, before I really got to meet them. They were there when I was born, obviously. But uh, once I came to the States, uh, they had passed. And I, 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 I didn't know any of them. And they passed on both sides. So um, <laughs> this old older woman comes up and gives me a hug. And she's crying because she's seeing me. And she's like, Carlitos, do you remember me? I used to feed you sopita and all this shit. And I was like, what's up with this broad? <laughs> <laughs> and my fucking mom will come over smack me. She's like, that's your tia so-and-so. And I was like, all right. <laughs> like, and I, you know, that it, it comes off as, as ungrateful. But if, if you were in our shoes, um, you know, imagine if some random person on the street came up and grabbed you. Or try to give you a hug and said that you know you're their relative or whatever. Exactly. You would you'd have your own premonitions. You you'd have uh, some sort of you put up a wall because you don't know these people. Oh yeah, yeah. It becomes instinct like an yeah. instinct at that point. Yeah, and uh, it takes a little time to break down your shell and and really let these people back into your life. It's back into to their lives really, but it's kind of like a first time for you. But it's it's something Huge that. Change. 
Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. huge change, man. And it's uh, the the real sad part about that is because we went in such like uh, spread out times. Um, <laughs> I was a kid then, and then the next time I came back, I was a preteen, right? I had gone through puberty and shit, and so I had my voice was getting deeper, and I was growing facial hair, and I was taller and skinny, and uh, I came in. My brother was is four years older than me, so they they recognized him, and he spent more time with them when he was a kid. But uh, they came down, and they remember my sister because she's the only girl, right? And, uh, yeah, we went out and, uh, they're like, oh, you know, they're hugging my brother. They're kissing my sister and saying hi to my parents. And then I'm like sitting on the side. I'm like, all right, fuck me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Middle child. Yeah. And then I I see, I see my, my aunt looking around. She's like, where's Carlitos? I'm like, I'm right fucking here, bro. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God, Mijo, you grew up. You're you're so big now. I'm like, yes, what's up? <laughs> but, yeah, they didn't recognize me, bro. They straight up ignored me. They walked past me to give my brother and sister a hug. Oh, shit. And I was like, all right, I fucking hate it here. Yeah, like, oh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, I mean, it's crazy. Like, I also had that happen to me, too. Yeah. With, uh, with my uncles from California. Uh, I didn't, like, I met them one time. When we went over there, when I was I was ten years old, we went over there. We were we were talking to them, you know. I first, you know, I was shy, of course, and then eventually I I started talking to him, got to know him, and by the time we leave, we left, you know. Like I was like, yeah, like I, I know, like I know very well. And then when he came down here in Idaho, he completely ignored me. Went to my brother, went to my sister, and went to my parents, and I was like, I'm here too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here too. <laughs> I and then people like me. And then you know they do the same thing. Like, hey, like where's Hector? And I was, and then like I was like, I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just got a tear coming I'm down right your face. Here. I'm right yeah. here, you know, just by myself. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, when I came back later and I was much older, they started clowning me because I was getting fat. <laughs> <laughs> they remembered me this time, but they're like, "Mijo, you got to stop eating." Yeah. And I'm like, yo, they start roasting. They it roast so hard. So hard. Oh it's, my god. And god. it doesn't stop. Like yeah. they start young. Ooh, yeah, yeah. they start young and then they sometimes they make you cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, dude, like my second trip there, almost fucking cried. Yeah, yeah. They're clowning you. Yeah, dude. dude. Oh my god, <laughs> they're the biggest shit talkers there. Yeah, like, my family that lives in Lima. There's only one guy. The rest of them are all fucking girls. Yeah, they all fucking talk shit. Yeah, I was like, oh, god, this is fucking everywhere. Yeah. Oh. You're sitting there wiping tears and like, me because they were just playing. You're yeah. like, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. I just put yeah. water in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just sweating. It's hot here. Yeah. Get some AC. Fucking hate you guys. <laughs> no, yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy, and I, I'm sure there's some similarities to people in other cultures, but. I mean, that's just yeah, from our perspective. But like I was saying, uh, like I, I have some friends who have uh, a lot of their family here, so they get to they get to grow up and experience that. So there, there's not that that big uh, intermission where you know they see you as a kid and they see you as a grown man. But uh, it yeah, it'd, it'd be nice to 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 have had experienced that. But I mean, it's just you know that's the way the cookie crumbled and. The, this is our life, and it's it's something that goes uh, that that is actually I mean panning out as we're getting older, as uh, we we are kind of cut from a different cloth than a lot of people, because uh, we we aren't like our parents, we yeah. are a little yeah. bit like our parents, 
Yeah, they were like we a mixture are of both. A little bit of who we carved out ourselves from growing up in different things. Yeah, because we grew up differently. Like, it's yeah. Just yeah. Mm-hmm. No different about it. We we grew up differently. We grew up in a totally different environment. Yeah. And so, obviously, our parents yeah. don't know this environment as well. Mm-hmm. And so, we kind of just had to learn and on our own. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Especially when it comes to schooling. You are basically yeah, by dude, yourself. Yeah, they don't. That's the hardest part is like, yes, our parents could, could be very, very smart people. But it's a it's day and night, man. Totally different. Mm-hmm. How they grew up versus how we're growing up, and especially how the school systems taught them and how they're teaching us. Oh yeah, my my dad only made it to sixth grade. Yeah, same thing. My yeah. dad only made it to sixth grade. After that, it was just yeah. to the I field. Don't fucking know, dude. Like, <laughs> I honestly don't know. I didn't. There you go. University. There you go. Yeah. See, you don't know what, how no, much education so, your parents actually yeah. got. And it also came down to like, do you, do you guys ever grow up with a language barrier with your parents? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah yeah. So no, well actually. So I learned Spanish at first. Like that's all yeah. I knew was Spanish. Yeah, me too. Um, and then I was, as I got into the school system, at, ki- at a, as a kindergartner, they sent me to ESL. pretty much learning. Yeah, ESL yeah. to learn English. Um, I was fortunate. And I picked it up yeah. rather quickly, actually. You know, I I learned English because of SpongeBob. Actually, I'm a little embarrassed to say this. I learned it because of Dora the Explorer. Oh. <laughs> That's why you talk like that. Also, that's why I also kept my Spanish up, too, just because of that show. You know, uh, that's uh, a little bit opposite for me. Is like uh, I'm actually I didn't have a language barrier in the beginning. I'm building one now because um, so obviously uh, living in my mom's household, she she spoke primarily English. She doesn't speak English. I mean, excuse me, she spoke primarily Spanish and she speaks very, very broken English. So it's, you know, it's, you can understand, but she's got the very, very heavy accent and it's, you know, it's just hard to understand unless, you know, you really listen. But, um, as, uh, I, you know, got out of that household, um, I wasn't speaking Spanish all the time. Like I do have a lot of Spanish speaking friends, but, uh. You don't speak Spanish with those guys either. No. I mean, you'll say you'll say a couple things here and there, but like, oh, no, mama's way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you say the slang. You say the slang, but you're not having full conversations in Spanish with these people. So as I got older, I went to college, and uh, a lot of my friends are white. Um, and, I mean, my, my girlfriend, and, uh, you know, she doesn't speak Spanish. She's, she's white as well. And I, I use it less and less. And I, I mean it. It uh, it really makes it harder. It's like a muscle, man. You, you, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, now I go home to my mom, and like she'll, I'll be telling her something or trying to explain something to her, and I get caught up. I'm like, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. And she's like, me was this, and I'm like, fuck, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Man. And sometimes you have to bring out like a picture or something. No, no, no. It's not. It's, I don't. I don't bring out pictures. I just say the English word. Oh, you just. And saying? then she knows it. Or we 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 play uh, word tag with each other. And oh, she's really? like this, and I'm like, no, this. And she's like, <laughs> and I start describing whatever I'm trying to talk about, and she's like, oh, okay. But I'm like, damn, dude, it's embarrassing, especially when I go to Mexico. They're like, mijo, hablas muy mucho. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking, what's this broken Spanish? I thought you grew up learning something. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's, 
I tell this to my mom, and I was like, sometimes it makes me feel out of place because I'm not from there and I'm not from here. So you almost feel like you don't belong here to either place. Like an outcast. Yeah, you feel you you grew up feeling like an outcast because you come here and you you are the foreigner. Yeah. And then because you grew up here and you adapt to life here. Exactly. When you go there, you're you, the foreigner. You're the there fucking too. foreigner yeah. there too. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna feel like when I go there. Yeah. So man, it's it's just it's a trip, and that's something that I know. Like I've I've said before, is a lot of a lot of my friends and a lot of people that I know don't have that same experience, and it's nice to talk to you guys because you have that similar experience, and I have, we can talk on a similar ground. Yeah, like uh, for me in this case, my sister, who's now a mo- mother of four, uh, and you know her kids are experiencing you know a different culture, uh, just because you know their mom. My sister knows English pretty good too, and a little Spanish as well. She's yeah. fluid on both sides. But uh, I noticed that the, ever since they, you know, when you go to school, of course, you learn English more often than less Spanish. Yeah. So I've taken it upon myself, at least, uh, to talk to them in Spanish, so that way, hopefully, they don't lose. They that. don't lose that. Yeah, they don't create that language barrier like I have with my parents in the beginning, and then, and then hopefully, you know, they they can still talk to their grandparents and stuff like that. Luckily, my parents are able to understand English thanks to all the experiences they had uh, growing up here in the U.S. and, of course, their jobs. But I just, you know, just for me personally, like, you know, after experiencing how it's like, you know, not seeing, uh, not being able to talk to your parents and like in the in the language that you were from or from that culture, it's just, it really does make you like an outcast. Like, yeah, it's like, like, wow, like, am I really from there or am I from here? But yeah. So that's why I just teach them in Spanish, and they are still you know, speaking Spanish to their grandparents, at least. Yeah, so and it, it kind of, so. especially in, in, like, your teen years when you're really kind of figuring out your place in this in this earth, and you, you really, that's when a lot of people start having or uh, um, developing their mental illnesses because a lot of mental illnesses are triggered, in, in especially in late high school years and in, once they go off to college for, for most people. Mm-hmm. is uh when you're really trying to figure out who you are but you feel like an outcast at home you feel like an outcast in your home country uh you don't you don't really feel comfortable you don't really mm-hmm. feel comfortable and uh until until you really like work through some of those barriers and you find your niche and you you find the groove that you that you really sit in it uh it makes it difficult it makes it difficult and for a lot of people uh some people out there listening you know they're probably going through it right now but uh, i mean it, it doesn't really uh, doesn't really get any easier. The challenges stay the same, but what happens is you really start to understand more. So when when you have an issue arise and you feel a certain way, you're like, yeah, but now I have the experience to deal with this kind of stuff. So you're not you know in the woods by yourself. See, I I'm pretty comfortable with my Spanish, and especially because of work now, um, I have more and more conversations in Spanish. And so my Spanish has actually been growing since high school, since since pretty much growing up, mainly speaking English, um, and then slightly, slightly only speaking Spanish at home. But I still have that language barrier because of our dialect, our separate dialect, oh, and a yeah. lot of our, a lot of my, like my grandma, like on my dad's side, that's all she knows. She doesn't know a lick of Spanish actually, no Spanish whatsoever. And so I can't, I can't communicate with her at all whatsoever. I have to always turn to like my dad or or somebody else to like 
say something for me because yeah. I don't know the dialect at all. So for you to be able to have a, a close connection with some of your distant relatives, you'd actually have to learn a third language. A third language. Yes. Yeah. It's, I, yeah, that's how I have with my grandma. My grandma only knows 20% like Spanish. The rest is just pure dialect. And I, I picked, my mom taught me a little bit about it. The one word she told me was bots, which means fat. <laughs> yeah, because the reason I knew that is because the way they were uh, talking to me, about, talking to me and looking at me, and you know the body language, of course, says it. I was like, "Bots making it, 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 it means it means something stomach. about my weight." I was like, "It means nice. something about my weight." And then uh, I would have started crying. <laughs> I, I was I was offended. I was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> I was like, "Speak Spanish." <laughs> And then another one I uh, learned was Le Lorguetz. I forgot what that it one like meant. German almost. Yeah. Uh, and then I forgot what it meant, but it was like something about your face. Oh, shit. Damn, they're, they're, they're clowning your face. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I had a lot of acne back yeah. then. Yeah, like, dude. who's this ugly fat guy? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I dude, was you like, like square up grandma. Like, yeah, what square. You say? Yeah. I was like, yo, are we about to throw hands or what? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, but that's all I picked up on dialect, and then from there, I tried to learn some more words, but it was, it's very, very complex. I, I, I can understand when they say, like, hi and bye and, like, a few things, because that's just, you know, just making the connections, right? Just, just wave. Just, <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> the universal hi, bye. <laughs> no, like, but the word, though, I, yeah. I can't remember how to say it right now, but yeah. uh, if I hear it, I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. But that's just making the connection between like Spanish and everything. So yeah. But other than that, like I, I can't say any of the words. I can't. Yeah. I, you know that's something that uh, I know. None of us, uh, well at least from what I know of you guys right now, none of you guys have kids, right? No. No. I don't at least I hope it. not. <laughs> no, but um, how about this? What do you guys think about raising your kids? Do you want to embed part of your culture of our uh, of our culture of our heritage into them? Absolutely, or do you yeah, think, definitely. Or do you Absolutely. think that's something that's going to eventually fall through the cracks? No, because a lot of it, like Spanish, is a big thing now. Yeah, learning that language it helps a lot. Right, and now. it's be- it's starting to become mandatory in some yeah. jobs, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. I know yeah. at least uh, one one of the banks here in Idaho. It's like a mandatory thing if you want to get hired on. You have wow. to have that as a second language. Oh, that's that's pretty good. I mean, I like how inclusive that is. But that uh, that's something that I th- I think about regularly because uh, at some point I, I want to start my own family, and uh, I, it worries me. It worries me because I feel like I'm slowly losing that connection with with my heritage, and uh, the more I struggle with Spanish, I I want to teach my future children to to speak Spanish and have a relationship with their grandma. Uh, because I didn't have one with mine, so um, I, it makes it a little nerve wracking. It makes it puts a little bit of fire under my ass to really uh, indulge myself a little bit more in, in in the culture and in the heritage more. And I, it's it's really a struggle, man. Because if you think about your day to day life, how much do you actually indulge in that part of you? Not a lot. No, no. not a lot. The only time I feel like I indulge is mostly at work. When I have to translate, mostly. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's something that, that also, you know, uh, you, you might want to think about is uh, 
you know, if you do want to, you know, carry on your name and have children or whatever, you that's something that also another people that other people don't have to think about. And I think about it a lot, especially because uh, my partner is, is is white, right? So we are to- two totally different cultures. And I want our our future children to uh, know both sides. And I want, you know, my future children to know, like, you you are Mexican-American. And I am full-blooded Mexican. I, I My family tree goes back to the little Indians and the, and the con- conquistadors, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Heck yeah. So, uh, natives. Yeah, natives. Yeah. yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to say Indians. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, exactly, so. It's something that I, I have to think about, especially as, as that time comes closer, but not not right now. I just have to make sure that I, I don't forget. Not yet. <laughs> but anyway, you guys, um, uh, we're, we're nearing the end here, but since we've talked so much about struggle, um, I want to talk specifically to Carlos about his own personal <laughs> struggle. Dude, he's been one. a struggle since day one. Since day one, so I'm just going to uh, to let you guys know that Carlos here actually only has one lung, and uh, Carlos, if you feel if you feel comfortable telling that story, man, I'd love to hear it, and I love the listeners. Yeah, listeners would like to as well. So, kind of starts out when I was 12, fifth grade, I believe. One day, I just woke up, huge lump on my chest, pushing, just pushing out. Didn't know what it was. Went to my mom like, hey, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> is this boob. normal? Yeah. <laughs> third titty, no nip. Like, is this, puberty? <laughs> is this um, what puberty is? Like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. No, it, fucking strange ass day. I was like freaking out. My mom pushes it. Fucking hurt. That's what I remember for sure. She's like, "Hey, let's smack it." Let me push. Yeah, she like pushed it in a little bit, and you can, yeah. I can hear like it just fucking like a squish sound. Yeah, that fucking hurt so bad. Oh god, I get chills. Yeah, <laughs> my, my mom was going to work that day, so she called one of her friends to take me to the hospital. Uh-huh. Um, Again, yeah, the don't guy take a day uh, off. Yeah, yeah, don't take a day off. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. Uh, took me to the hospital. They thought it was just a tumor. Like, bring them back. Just a tumor. Yeah. And <laughs> not a tumor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah not light. Oh, it doesn't matter. Light business. A tumor is just, oh, yeah, it's just a tumor. Wait a minute. We can do Pull it out, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I remember this was close to beginning of school year, too. I was like, school was just starting. I had to go to school. Went to school. Next day, went to the hospital again because um, a guy in Twin Falls it's like, oh, we'll take a look at that tumor. He puts a big-ass needle in my chest so he can pull some of it out. That, yes. sh- that also fucking hurt. I bet you cried, huh? I don't know. There's a lot of no, blackouts never there. cries. So. Oh, not a yeah. blackout? <laughs> yeah, I've gone through too much pain. Like, this is the reason why I hate doctors and people touch me, too. Aren't so your what? siblings doctors? Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is probably why no. I didn't become a doctor. Yeah, this is, yeah. Probably this is why I hate my siblings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. The, that doctor was the worst, the worst uh-huh. ever. But when he pulled it out, like pulled stuff out on the needle, they took it, 
like taken back to Jerome because at that point I, I started three months of nothing but like uh, what's it called just MRI scans or something they can see further into your skin and shit. Oh, like the nerves and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So MRIs. I did like one day it'd be a hospital, get the scan, put a shot in. That way it comes out better. Next day, stay at home. Next day, back to the fucking office in there. I had to do that for three fucking months straight. Jesus, really fucking sucked. And then the doctor and twin calls me back, going like, "We need to put him in surgery, get that tumor out." I I stopped going to school at that point. When I went there in the hospital that day, I remember crying because I was like, "I'm gonna die." Because you know, <laughs> when you're a kid, you assume you're, you assume the worst, right? Yeah, you, yeah. Like, die. gonna cry. I was fucking like. Man, my mom wasn't there because she was still working. I was like, oh, God oh, yeah. damn, bro. Because well, yeah, so, she, she didn't know this was happening because she was still working. Her friend kept taking me to the hospitals for all that time. Wow. So she didn't know anything what was going on? No. All she knew is like I was still going to the hospital. She just knew that you were sick. Mm-hmm. Wow. She just assumed also a tumor. And then when I went to the hospital, I remember the next time I woke up, my mom was there. She was crying because they, they didn't close up my chest. So they left it wide open. Jeez. Uh, that way they can keep cleaning it out over and over because it got really bad at one point where the lump it, it actually broke my ribs. Oh, yeah. I had a I bruise here. Yeah, it was poking out at one point. Like you could see the skin ripping. They pulled it out. I remember it was really hard to breathe too because I was like, your, your ribs are supposed to help you. Yeah, breathe they 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 expand and contract with your diaphragm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I, I I've broken ribs before. I think right now I have a rib out. <laughs> my back hurts so bad, but um, no. it hurts. It hurts to breathe. You can't take a deep breath. Oh, yeah. It, then, it, it fucking it hurts. Yeah, yeah. It, Did you ever have muscle spasms? No. That's something that I had, I had broken three ribs in the past, and um, I would have muscle spasms when I try to take a deep breath. Like, my body's natural there reaction. My, yes. <laughs> natural reaction is to, like, kind of seize, and then you you choke up. You yeah, can't breathe. I, I still have that now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have not it I, should... <laughs> had that last night. No, it, it, it was awful, like. Ever since that day, having that chest on me, because all they did was open it. Uh, they didn't even, like, they just put gauze over it. Yeah. Um, put, like, a huge-ass Band-Aid over it. Uh, and I remember one night, like, they were changing it out. The gauze got stuck to my skin. Uh, so, wide open, gauze here. I remember crying, too, because the doctor would just get pulling it, pulling it. It wouldn't come off. And I remember my blood just going like that, going around my head and shit. At one point, he was like, all right, we won't do it today, because... Fuck Brian. I was like, yeah, fuck you, fuck you. You're yanking it out. Because I remember him yanking out my heart, too. Yeah. Like, Jesus. It hurt. I will never forget like, that pain. Is, and I always fucking guy, remember. Crying. <laughs> Dude, like that doctor weak. was so fucking awful, man. He sucked ass. He was just a terrible doctor overall. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, he kept yanking it, yanking it. And I remember seeing the skin, too, just... Yeah, getting pulled. pulled out every single time. Blood just keep coming out. And I remember a week later after that, there was actually one special doctor. I always remember his name, Dr. Ran in Boise. Mm-hmm. She was like, Dr. Ran. Yeah, it, it fucking saved my life. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. Shout out to Dr. Ran. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Ran. <laughs> no. uh, he brought me. He, so what he sent, I remember the email vaguely saying like, hey, bring that kid over here now because I know what that is. And we need to put him back into surgery again as quickly as possible. Remember taking an ambulance from Twin Falls all the way straight down to Boise. They got uh-huh. me back into surgery. Woke up. Uh, this time they had a sponge in my chest, a vacuum too. That way they keep pulling it out, whatever was in there. Yeah. And I remember 
So how you feeling, kid? I remember feeling super lightheaded, couldn't breathe. And I was like, can't breathe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Damn, I'm like, I'm like a no. shorter breath. Just now. Like, <laughs> no. oh. no, yeah. one, one thing for sure was like I was hoping that I could find. Um, they took photos of my heart, my chest when it was open, um, the inside where my pretty kick ass hard or not. I don't know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the photos were just fucking red. <laughs> um, but no, he's like, do you feel anything missing? I was like, what? No, yeah. That, that was like the straight up portion of him telling me we had to take your other lung out because we couldn't save it. He had a photo of it and it had a bunch of fucking holes through it because the disease, so it's called Lamb disease, L-A-M. I don't remember huh. the full name for it. Apparently, a super rare disease for males only affects, I think it said at that time, like 7% of males. It's mostly common for women in their 70s. Mm. I was like, oh, I get to be the lucky boy and get yeah. in there at fucking 12. And he showed me the photo. There's like quarter-sized holes all through that lung. He's like, down to one lung, kid. Like That's yeah. pretty much it. So they kept the vacuum on my chest to keep cleaning it out. They gave me those respirators so they helped breathe. I remember having a tube all the way fucking down my throat. Uh, they had... Like <laughs> an IV in each arm, practically, just in case. Jeez, yeah. Oh fuck! That no. explains your fear for noodle. Uh, yeah. Noodles. Noodles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, the fucking freak me out, man. Kenny <laughs> uh, <candy> spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time I see noodles in company, no, dude. No, dude. Yeah. yeah. I was out, <laughs> no, it's too <laughs> much. <laughs> like you guys want pasta? Now let's get a burger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they did that, cleaned it all out. Uh, but what he also told me is like, and I remember my mom crying too, and having just a bunch of doctors around me. They had those, you know, those pumps to help you breathe while you're yeah. knocked out. Uh, according to them, I was dead for a good ten seconds, is what they said. Yeah. So that's I was like, oh, awesome. that, that's really wild, I guess, because <laughs> I didn't, you know, you don't quite understand a lot of things when you're younger. And then as you get older, it's like, holy shit, I was dead. Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh, that's freaking heavy. So what was uh, what was recovery like? Stayed in bed for two to three months. I wasn't allowed to get up. I also remember I was I could not use the bathroom for those two to three months. I, so you just catheter or that's so that's what they told me they had to start doing if I didn't go to the bathroom take a shit. I remember the next day, I fucking took a shit. <laughs> yeah, I remember them joking about it. It's like, yeah, that's right. You didn't want that, did you? Like, <laughs> little tube in your pee pee. Exactly, dude. It's like, oh, fuck. I was like, I don't know what that is, but I think they're going to stick something on my butt. <laughs> <laughs> and I ain't going to like it. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, that shit was awful, though, dude. Like, oh, oh, man. I remember taking that shit. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he man. felt so proud. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, nice. I don't have to put anything on my butt now. <laughs> so, uh, so recovery lasted two or three months. That was just the first portion of it That's because I couldn't move. Post-surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was pretty much like a daily going in, clean out my chest. And fucking thankfully, they didn't yank shit out because they put that sponge in there. They just pull that sponge out, new sponge, hook up vacuum, back to my room. Yeah. After those two, three months, then it got to like, all right, you got to start walking, see how you feel. I remember the first day, two, three steps, I was done. I passed out. Cause I couldn't oh, shit. Wow. That lasted for another month or so until I got to the point where I can finally take maybe a three-minute walk. Uh-huh. And then I can finally go. Uh, they had those portable IVs where I had to always hold on to while yeah. I go. I remember being 
extremely fucking skinny and like almost bony at that point because yeah. fucking idea couldn't eat anything at all. Uh-huh. I want to say after two months of taking those long walks and finally eating solid foods, they're like, okay, he's finally good enough to go home. But I still had to stay with an IV for a good six more months. So they, oh, shit. They actually had a pamphlet they gave me called, like, Portable <laughs> IV for Kids. And pretty Port- much, yeah. Portable IV and you. No, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, dude, that fucking – so I still have the scar for it on this arm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look at that. Wow. So pretty much it's a tube. goes through your main vein all the way. Yeah. Fucking – just I think he said into my heart or something like just one Jeez. of those main tubes, and just had a bottle of IV. I had a fucking fanny pack when I was in fifth grade, so <laughs> yeah. it just had, yeah, yeah, had it before yeah, they lady were cool. Killer. Know, yeah. Lady killer, uh, I remember that. The big portion of it is like to hold it down here. It's pretty much needles and strings that are just in your fucking skin. Yeah, and I remember if I walked the wrong way, ever it got hooked, it fucking pulled. Oh yeah. Dude, that was the worst fucking days <laughs> of my life. I've, I haven't, yeah. I haven't had one that bad, uh, but I, I used to donate a lot of plasma because I was a struggling kid, or no, struggling young adult. When I first came up to Boise, I donated a lot of plasma, and sometimes uh, the phlebotomist would pull the fucking back. Oh God, I thought of, <laughs> yeah, it was just so like, oh God. But this is that. This is a little tiny baby needle that's sucking like. I don't know, a little bit of blood at a time. He's got a big ass tube in one of his main arteries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Pretty much that was his life support. Yeah, dude. Like, that was pretty my full fucking the rest of fifth grade. I had to have that portable IV with me. I could not go outside because they were scared that I would get hurt mm. or if it come out, they don't fucking know what to do. Because, yeah, I remember he was pulling out the tube, fucking thick ass tube. I remember him pulling out and I could feel the tube coming out. And I could feel it go past my throat, too, and everything like that. Weirdest fucking feeling ever. But the guy put in, like, those biohazard bags, like, want to keep it? He took your first-time experience, huh? I know, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I still have that bag. Yeah. Wait, so you kept it? Yeah, I did keep it. Yeah. He said, here, you can keep it. It's just in a biohazard bag. And I was like, oh, nice. It's in the top drawer of his dresser. <laughs> yeah, <dude>. <laughs> <laughs> He looks at it as a reminder. <laughs> no, dude, that was worst fucking childhood ever. Like one full year was pretty much hospitals, surgeries, learning how to breathe with one lung, and it was it just became a struggle at that point. So, is it your left lung or your right lung? I lost my left lung. Okay, so you only breathe out of your right nostril now. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it weirdest feeling ever. I don't know, like, if you guys ever seen, like, if people lose certain limbs, but you have, like, ghost pains and stuff. Yeah. I always get those a lot. And I can, I know I can feel those ghost pains, but I also know it's not there. That's crazy, man. The few times I've had, so I fell down some stairs a couple of years ago, or I guess it's been two years It now? was 2020 you fell down some stairs. Yeah. yeah, so last year. It was yeah. traumatic for him, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was the worst fucking thing. I wasn't there, but yeah, I, I saw how he looked afterwards. <laughs> Dude. That's how that many is. stairs? Maybe like three. I caught myself holding on to the, like, the rail. The rail. I fucked up my fingers so bad. There were so many cuts and lines. I remember when I got finally back upstairs, the guy came up. He's like, "What are you guys bleeding?" Because there was a shit ton of blood on the washer. I looked at Spencer like, "Are you bleeding?" He's like, "You fine?" He's like, "No." 
I looked at my hand, blood from this finger just all the way down. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, all right. <laughs> He's like, Cochino. He's like, <laughs> I, didn't I mean, even, this ain't no missing lung, but it still hurts. No, nah, um, but the when falling down, I was like, I can't fucking breathe. Like it hurts so bad. And then when I went to the doctor, they were making sure, like, get an X-ray, um, checking the nerves out too. And I remember after the results came in, the guy's like, "You know, you're missing a lung." I was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, because he pulled up the he pulled up the thing showing like the nerves and shit in my insides. He's like. You can see the right one. Where the fuck is the other one? <laughs> <laughs> no way he said fuck. Did he no, say? no, he didn't say fuck. Okay. Probably, no, <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah. that would have been funnier. <laughs> no, yeah. But he was like, you're, you're, missing, you're like a jigsaw puzzle that's missing pieces, guy. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I said when I was 12, he was like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, you want another one? <laughs> <laughs> I actually looked into that getting yeah, a. We got some in the back. No, yeah, you can get a replacement lung transplant or whatever yeah it's just a lung but transplant the life expectancy after it is only about 10 to 11 years mm, yeah and i was like if i and i was thinking that when i was um like 21 around that time because i got called up for it because i had yeah. to go get an inhaler i was supposed to have asthma for the rest of my life but you don't no kick no. ass dude. <laughs> hell yeah dude, he's yeah, a fighter that, no. that that lung you got man dude, it's, it's working it, over time dude, it does fucking wonders like I don't know. He didn't lose his breath at all during this either. (laughs) (laughs) No, it works hard, and it's like, man, what fucking freak in the inside was going on? Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, I'm a big guy too, so I fucking, it takes a whole lot more. I get tired quicker still. I get lightheaded easier. um, But I also have that breaking point. If I go too far, everything starts hurting. But once I get past that point, nothing fucking hurts. It's like, wow. Yeah. And it doesn't take that long, too. But the next day, it's like, I can feel this side hurt so bad because it's working twice as hard. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, yeah. That's crazy, yeah. man. That's insane. There's That's so crazy. many downsides about it, too. Like, if I stay outside in the cold too long, I'll fucking regret it tomorrow. Yeah. I'll get sick easier and just a whole lot of shitty respiratory stuff high elevations fucks me up too that's why you never made the machu picchu no dude no nope. like damn yeah they give you like kind of like in planes you know those respiratory bags yeah they'll kind of give you something like that if you have breathing problems but you have to wear it the whole time that way yeah you also have to sign a waiver too your your respiratory bags is right lung only exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the left and right twigs i fucking yeah. toss the left one because <laughs> i don't need it no nah. built different exactly built different yeah I did a lot of stuff, and I'm surprised I haven't died because of it. Because after the surgery as well, I took swimming classes. And uh, I was like, this <laughs> where, where the main thing about it is holding your breath. Exactly. Jeez. Nah. Remember that was like three or four years after the surgery. Wow. And I, I still wasn't at like my best shape where I can keep going and going and going. But like swimming, that was, that was fun shit. I didn't even think about like how much it hurt because I just loved doing that swimming classes. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, I mean, you you kind of you kind of covered it all. Um, I mean, you you told you told us that uh, you still have like ghost pains from time to time. Uh, now, as a grown adult, do you have any particularly impeding limitations that that you think about? 
that you like, hey, I gotta chill out on this. Something that now as an adult you have to take easy. Kind of. One thing that came up for sure recently, um, I think it's been maybe six, seven months. Uh, the same infection or disease, I guess, came back on my right side. Oh, man. But I was able to catch it quick enough because I realized one day I was like, hey, I remember this pain, this feeling. I can't breathe as I could before. Uh-huh. Went to the doctor back in Boise. He gave me an inhaler that is supposed to fight out that disease. And then two months later, back up and gone. No way. So, no way. Yeah. So he's kicked this. So not damn. once, but twice. twice. Yeah. He's kicked this fucking dude, disease holy shit, twice. Dude. Oh, man. I, I remember that phone call, too. I was like, I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> this is it. And even, <laughs> is, yeah. yeah. For real. Dude, no. Yeah. Like, All right, and, I'm out of lungs, man. Mm-hmm. And so many times, I've kind of just gone with the flow now, especially when COVID started hitting. It yeah. like it hits people oh, with fuck, respiratory for real. stuff. <laughs> hard, COVID dude. must have been fucking hard yeah, for dude. you. At that point, I just realized, I die, I die. That's pretty yeah. much it. And that's how I kind of just started living my lifestyle. More of a realist. I die, I die, I get hurt, I get hurt, I get sick, I get sick. You know? Yeah, you did not give a fuck, especially no. at work. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I was like, I want to live my life somewhat to the fullest because yeah. I realized that it was a nonstop work train for a while. I was like, I got to start doing fun stuff for myself. I haven't had a real fun actual advance or anything like yeah, that. So man. I started traveling a lot, visiting a lot of places, doing shit I'm not supposed to do, but yeah. you know, want to do everything at least once, right? Yeah. Did you know what, man? Uh, that's, that's, it's like incredibly inspiring to me because I mean, uh, I have nothing that even like comes to the spectrum of where you you are as far as you know what you've overcome. But I mean, to have kicked this disease twice and to not let it like mentally cripple you and and really take reins of your life and have the control of your life that yeah, I've I've been limited by this thing for so long. Like you're taking your life into your hands and making it what you want it to be. And that's exactly uh, one of the reasons that one of the big reasons is why we started this podcast is because Orlando and I, we, we go in a day, day in and day out and we do everything for other people. And this is something that we're doing for ourselves, just like you. And like, I'm not even in any way, shape or form saying that this is in any way at your level. But I I can respect how much you're doing for yourself now to enjoy your life. So much has been impeded by by what you've been fighting. That it's your turn. It's your turn now, and that's that's inspiring to me, man. Good on you, man. That's thank you, thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, dude. There's probably people out there that's similar, like you, or at least. Similar, or if not the same, just like you, you know. Most of them are probably seventy-year-old women. Yeah, but, but still, seven percent male. So yeah, still, like that seven percent of male probably experiencing yeah, what you're experiencing. Maybe like, there's like, some some guy out in Milwaukee. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I know that guy. I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, like me, like you know, I haven't had anything major like you have. You know, the worst I've ever gotten was like just like a simple scratch or anything like that. Like, must honestly, feel nice. must he's feel like, nice. I know. Like, I cry so. when I clip my fingernails. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> that, that little piece of skin uh, on the side of yeah, your Yeah, that's, that's the thing, though. Like, you know, like, 
you know, people can't understand that pain that you experience, you know, throughout your whole your whole life. You know, like yeah, that's why some people. That's why people take uh, life for granted. Yeah, yeah honestly, definitely. Oh, honestly, they, yes. That's why, like, life for granted. Like, for me, like, you know, my dad, uh, he has uh, diabetes. Unfortunately, uh, he was pre-diabetic before, but unfortunately, it he caught it too late, so it became type two diabetes for him. So, and also he has uh, what do you call it? It's uh, it's when your blood starts like crystallizing. On, oh, no. On your ar- on your arteries, uh, I know I know what you're talking about, but I, I don't know the name. Yeah, but he he recently developed that on his right arm, and uh, and then on top of that, he has high blood pressure and all that stuff. But you know, uh, growing up from from a from a poor family, you know, there's not a lot of medical help out there yeah. for for you. So one thing I'm grateful for too, um, and people probably don't realize it. My mom works for Walmart. She has ever since she moved here. Uh-huh. They have amazing health care. No, no kidding. They, really? Yeah, they paid for that whole surgery. No way. Hundred percent. Yeah. Shout out to Walmart. Oh, fuck yo, sponsor. They should. They should be your sponsor. We're in no way, shape, or form associated with Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> but Could yeah, be. man, they, that yeah. is insane. That was a huge help for my parents because I'm pretty sure that bill would have been like hundreds of thousands. Of oh, yeah, no, no doubt. Um, yeah, my dad's. Uh, he had cancer. Uh, his surgery, we actually had to put the house up as collateral oh, for his. Wow. Yeah, yeah it was $150,000. Oh, shit. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It was it was nuts. But, yeah, that, that stuff isn't cheap, man. Holy cow. No, yeah. it, Shout out to Walmart. I'm going to say that again. Shout out <laughs> yeah, to Walmart. Yeah, for real, dude. <laughs> for dude <laughs> it's, I, no wonder why your mom's still working here. there. I know, dude. Like, Keeping it's, the boy around, man. They're amazing healthcare. I, I don't know what they got at their grocery store. Where does that healthcare come from? It's crazy because <laughs> probably from the stuff they sell. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, who's gonna get hurt from picking up like bananas or some shit? I guess, <laughs> I guess it happens. Though. No, yeah. yeah, like their healthcare is great. Like I stayed in the hospital for almost a full year. All that IV, the ambulance drive over there, surgery, fucking cat scans and shit. Like yeah, that's that. a fucking lot of money. Yeah, for right real. Though. Like it's like the especially the ambulance, like twin to Boise. Mm-hmm. That's a two-hour trip. No, yeah, that's yeah. easily like. It's 50 like 10 grand more. to go around the corner, bro. Holy shit. I'm not, I don't, yeah. don't quote me on that. I'm pulling those numbers out of my ass. <laughs> but no, cheap. like, anyway, like, yeah. So, like, my dad, he, like, he has all these, like, you know, complications going on. And he's still fighting it. Like, like, like for his arm, that one just recently developed. And he still went to work while still feeling it. Like, he didn't, he didn't go to the hospital until, like, my boss told him to go. Yeah. Like his boss told him, like, "Hey, like, no, you're not good. Go, go." And my dad respects his boss because you know he was the reason why uh, he got the job and where he's at right now. Uh, and so, like, my dad got home. He was like, "Hey, like, I was at the at the house at the time." Uh, and then he told me, like, "Hey, like, take take me to the hospital like, right now because this hurts so bad." Like, I've never seen my dad in so much pain because he has a very very high pain tolerance. Yeah. And so, like. You know, when when I saw him like in excruciating pain, I was like, "Damn, he's this, like this, this he's, he's really really suffering." So I took him there, and then like he went to multiple hospitals. Like he went to the Twin Falls, St. Luke's, but then they told him they had to transfer him to Boise, and so he went to Boise. And the doctors over there figured out that it was like a, whatever I forgot what's called, but whatever the condition. Yeah, is. the condition was, and then like he was this close to uh, like basically passing out because his arteries were like. 
it was like a small like little hole yeah. very small like if he if he toughed it out like a day longer he would have not made it yeah. he would have just passed out would that would, would that have caused a stroke uh yes and also uh before that he fell down uh fell down and busted his head open at work luckily he had a hard hat but it still like opened his head uh, thankfully, it didn't damage his uh, his bone, like his skull, because he had very, very thick skin. According to the nurses, the nurses like you're very lucky because you have very, very thick skin. It was oh, it was so, uh, it was so. He had to get staples. Like, man, this is he got up, staples. Like, boot leather. Yeah, he got staples. <laughs> boot leather. He got staples, and then um, he got staples, and then he went back a week later. They took out the staples. Okay, I was oh. gonna say like, what the fuck? Dude? Yeah, and then they had to like put sterile oil inside of it because mm-hmm. they got a. And they had to put a gauze. Half of a 4x4 gauze filled the entire thing. I was like, holy shit. That thing was fucking huge. Like, I thought it, was, it looked like a small hole, but inside, it it, it was huge. And then, like, uh, the doctor told me, he's like, he's like, hey, uh, I, want, I want to show you something. I was like, okay. And then my mom wanted to see too, but I was like, no, stay back because I know you're going to pass out. <laughs> and so I went, and then he's like, hey, this is what I want you to do. I want you to put some sterile water into his into his wound, and then put the gauze in. And the doctor put it in so rough. I, my dad was like, <laughs> like that the whole time. He was like wincing. Yeah, he was like, <clears throat> but he went so hard. Like was like, <laughs> I was like, and then like that's what I want you to do. I was like looking around. I was like, I know he's not talking to me. <laughs> so I was like, I can. I was like, I can't do that. I'm call Carlos's doctor. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I was like, Dr. Rand, I need your help. <laughs> Dr. Rand. Shout out to Dr. Rand again, man. Yes, sir. There's good people in this world. Yeah. And then I told the doctor, I was like, I can't do this. And he's like, okay. Like, well, then another option we could do is like, we can send like a nurse over and she can do it for you. I was like, let's go that route. <laughs> Dude, they're not cheap. I had to have a personal doctor to come out to my house. And yeah. Thankfully, uh, his insurance completely yeah. covered it. His yeah. like the insurance covered like all of it, and he only had to pay eight hundred bucks. That's not bad. That's not bad. That's yeah. not bad for all that. Yeah. Yeah. And well, plus, uh, the company that he worked for gave him all the time he needed. They told him, "Take your time. Like, perfect. if you don't feel well, you know, stay home, and then like don't come back until you get a doctor's note." And so, unfortunately, he you know he was like, "Crap, okay," and then. Uh, he tried to be sneaky sometimes and try to go to work. But my boss catches like, hey, go back. Go back home. Yeah, like, go back home. <laughs> well, guys, um, this has been an amazing episode. Thank you guys so much. It, we've been talking for a decent decent amount. Uh, yeah, a good amount, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, really? I, I, I think it's about time we wrap it up. Um, but I want to thank you guys personally. Uh, Carlos, Hector, you guys are amazing guests with some amazing stories. Thank you so much for your input, uh, what you guys are bringing to the Broken Bar Stool. And, uh, yeah, I just want to thank you guys for coming out. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for inviting us. Yeah, Absolutely. We'll have to get together again sometime soon. Maybe maybe crack another half of Eisen. Yes, sir. (laughs) Still a lot of stories this body still has. Yes, sir. And more stories to come for me. Absolutely. Well, guys, I just want to... Uh, thank you, the listener, for uh, continually checking in on us and and uh, and you know being such good supporters of the podcast. As always, um, follow us on Instagram and at Twitter uh, at the Broken Barstool Podcast. Um, check us out on Patreon. 
you want all these uh, little exclusive content, all the behind-the-scenes bloopers, check us out on Patreon. It's only a buck. It's only a buck. Come and support us. And uh, like I was mentioning, in Episode 3, we do have merchandise that is coming out soon. We have little trinkets here and there that we already have. Um, but DM us. Uh, you can email us. Write us in, write in at brokenbarstoolpodcast at gmail.com. Without the E. Without the E. B-R-O-K-N. And uh, as always, guys, thank you for listening. We love you. Stay safe and be thirsty. Thank you.